Morning City Church. This is Harrison, bringing you a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. When I studied abroad in Russia in college, I lived with a Russian host family, and my host mother was a doting grandmother in her late 70s, and one of the ways that she showed her affection was through food. Every day, she prepared breakfast and dinner for me, even insisting on preparing the meals on days when I told her I was planning to meet friends uh, out to eat. And I never turned down those meals, though. She was an excellent cook, and she went to great lengths to expose me to Russian cuisine, except when she would excitedly tell me that she made me something really special, special for dinner, and she'd bring out a frozen pizza that she had topped with ketchup which apparently was her impression of American comfort food. One of my favorite things about her is that whenever my friends and I would take a weekend trip, say to Moscow or to Estonia, she would send me to the train with a plastic grocery bag full of sausages and bread and cheese and one time half of a fried chicken. I'd tell her not to bother, that I'd just eat at restaurants uh, while we were out, But abiding by the universal grandmother code, she just couldn't bear the thought of me going hungry because she knows that a way to a person's heart is through their stomach. Jesus also knew this principle. In today's lectionary reading from Mark 8, we have the infamous story of Jesus feeding the 4,000. When he looks out over all the people who had come to hear him teach, he seems to be most concerned with the fact that they don't have any food. He said, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and they have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they'll faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. Now, let me point out a few things I think we can take away from this. First, Jesus cares about our bodies. It's very easy to over-spiritualize the gospel in such a way that we think that Jesus only cares about us as disembodied spirits. But that simply isn't the case. Jesus made us to be embodied, and he pronounced that good. In fact, he made our very bodies himself. And all throughout the Gospels, we see him attending to the needs of people's bodies. Now, certainly, he doesn't only care about the body. He knows that our body will return to dust and will inherit a new glorified body in heaven. But much like my Russian host mother knew, uh, Jesus seems to know that the way to the heart is through the stomach. He made us as psychosomatic wholes, embodied souls. And he honors that by attending to our bodies. This means that we should do the same. We should care about our body because God made it and he gave it to us to steward it. We should care about other people's bodies as well. And taking a note from Jesus' playbook, one way that we can do that is by feeding those who are hungry. Second, Jesus cares about our being sustained in our pilgrimage through this life unto the next. Just as Jesus wants to avoid these people passing out on the road back home due to hunger, he promises us that he'll sustain us until we reach our heavenly home. And I think this is so important to remember because so often we feel as if we're dying of spiritual hunger. And because of that, we become wrecked with doubt, wondering if the gospel is true or if we're really true believers. And it's in those moments we have to remember that Jesus has promised to nourish us and to see us through the glory. He won't let us pass out on the way. Third, the way that Jesus sustains us is by giving us himself. 
He is, after all, the bread of life. This is why he gave us the sacrament of Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. You see, whenever we partake of this meal, it isn't just a mental exercise. The remembrance is certainly an important part of the meal. It isn't just that. In the Reformed and Presbyterian tradition, we refer to the sacrament as an act of spiritually feeding upon Christ. As we take the bread and wine, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us spiritually transfigures the element in such a way that they become to us a means of participating in Christ through our union with Him. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, the cup of blessing that we bless Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? So to participate in him is to share in all that he is and all that he has, just like a son or a daughter shares in their father's person and wealth. And as we share in his fullness, we're strengthened and encouraged to take one more step on our journey towards eternity. So until tomorrow, stay well and do good.